Okay, here we go again. Here it goes, here it goes. <clears throat> this is Lenny D'Angelo. Hello. Uh, uh, um, I'm talking at length and ad nauseum about drawing and about how we how to start a drawing mostly at uh, the beginning stages of, of drawing and what what things to consider, what things to leave out. <clears throat> and I'm hoping a lot of this bears repeating because I want to repeat myself uh, over and over again. Oh, here this guy goes. My neighbor's pulling out. He's driving a sports car. He's the funniest part. He's driving a sports car. He's about 83 years old. He's pulling out. Yeah. And he's going about a mile an hour. There he goes. Uh, that's all right. Sometimes it's nice to just sit in it, you know. You don't really got to use it. I actually am. What am I complaining about? I appreciate that more than the BMW Roadster who often cuts me off every day. <clears throat> okay. It's a bitchin' Camaro. At least it ain't a BMW Roadster. Or whatever that friggin' thing is called. All right. What, what, bears repeating. I'm hoping that a lot of this bears repeating in his review because I, I, I can't keep it straight in my head, honestly. Where do you start? With a drawing. I said, I believe I addressed the idea of composition. Where to position when you're drawing a single subject or multiple subject composition, one needs to put a hierarchy of focus, and often the decision is where do I put my primary focal point? And when you're drawing a single subject, and I've been using the analogy of the stack of boxes here, uh, that stack of boxes needs to be your primary focus, right? That is all that's in there. Um, so where you position that stack of boxes on a page, the orientation of the page, whether it's horizontal or vertical, all of those things play a factor in how the idea communicates. And if you think that a drawing of boxes from observation doesn't have an idea in it, then you're not doing the job of composing the picture properly. Because if you don't have an idea about where it should be on a page, then you don't have an idea at all. You need to have a point of view, a creative point of view. And a creative point of view means that you have intention. It means you have feeling about this subject. It means that you're going to say something about the subject. Regardless of how boring it is. In order to have a creative point of view, visually that translates into a literal point of view. Where do I position the observer in the picture? Where in the picture plane do I position uh, what, what, the observer? And a picture plane, an observational drawing, is an imaginary sort of floating glass window that's, the, that's in between you and the subject, between the observer and the subject. And, and all uh, the things that are documented on that window have everything to do with the point of view of the observer, right? Okay. Establishing a point of view is first and foremost, and I went over that, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I will probably go over it again, as I am wont to do. You start by blocking in the major shapes. You start by thinking of the boundaries of the subject. 
what kind of space does it take up if it were a silhouette, if you dim the lights in the room? What does that thing look like? And you can do that by squinting your eyes. You use uh, sighting techniques, uh, essentially holding your arm out in front of you with some sort of drawing implement in your hand and using your thumb or forefinger to mark places, to mark landmarks on the subject so that you can find the middle point, the horizontal and vertical middle point. You draw the middle point on your paper in the space that you think the object should take up so that you can start uh, with some reference material. You're not looking at nothing. By the time you've done that, uh, you're pretty well set up to understand what your composition is on a page and about approximately what that object is or, or set of objects is the subject is going to be like on the page if you have any imagination at all and I would suggest if you have no imagination at all uh, this is going to take some more time and practice for you and maybe it ain't the thing for you I don't know <laughs> try something else I don't know. I'm not saying any of this is easy, but if you got no imagination at all, this is going to be a challenge. Not impossible. I hate to discourage anyone, but come on. Have some imagination or at least understand where you're coming from with that. That your toolbox is empty and you need to start working on that. <clears throat> okay. Start with a, with a Phillips and a flat screwdriver. That's always the key, right? You could do a lot of things with those two things. Okay pair of pliers, maybe. Uh, needle nose. Store with a needle nose, man. Those are useful. Real useful. Okay. Where was I going at? Where, where am I? What's the thing? Uh, socket wrench set. You don't need that. Uh, okay. I, 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 once you got the, the sort of the uh, the basics mapped out on the page, the, 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 the overall silhouette shape, the middle point of the entire uh, configuration, you have a start. And and you have decided where in the composition those things are. You have a very solid start. At that point, you can stop, to be perfectly honest with you. Because depending on how complicated uh, your subject matter is, or, you, or the scene that you're trying to depict, uh, it could be, a, that could take a while. Uh, so here's my suggestion. Definitely start in that way. Limit yourself to these decisions. Because if I gave you three minutes to get all that stuff down, that's probably as far as you will get. Uh, as a beginner, especially. And, and God, depending on the complexity of the thing, maybe you don't even get that far. You need to understand the overall. It's large to small. Always working large to small. You need to see the big picture, and the big picture includes the picture plane, the frame, the boundary of the, the image. <clears throat> you can make up the rest if you, if you have some skill. I'm telling you, a drawing could be finished if you understand these essential things. A drawing of something simple, of course, not of uh, 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 machine parts, not of a table full of machine parts. As if you'd walked into a, a, an engine disassembly in auto class in high school and you looked at a table and you went, ah, I got it. 
I got this. I'm going to finish this at home. No, I don't think so. Uh, but a stack of boxes for sure. And, and there are methods of looking at even a table full of machine parts and understanding that it all translates into a stack of boxes. More or less. Uh, right. The more complex the subject, the different this is. But, you, but the start is always the same because our mind can't actually process a table full of... Uh, of engine parts can't, can't be done can't be done and those kids in auto class those are rough kids they ain't gonna let you sit there drawing in the corner they're gonna make fun of you or push you around i know i know auto class was right by where i used to eat lunch with my with my dope friends in high school here and, and my, my 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 bonehead friends uh drama club kids uh department kids uh, 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 uh choir kids come on Forget about it. We ain't doing well over by the auto club, that's for sure. Boy, those boys were rough. Those are rough boys. You know what they ought to do to make America great again? They should switch it up and put, put all the girls in the auto port, or the, or the auto class, and all the boys in the, in, the, in the whatever class they used to put girls in in the 50s. And, and see what we'll see what's what. I'd like to see that world. Let's reverse roles. Let's not get rid of the roles... Let's just reverse them and see what happens. Maybe it all balances out. I'd like a nice lady to fix my car once in a while, not one of these grease monkeys. Anyway, what am I talking about? I would, yeah, what am I talking about? Anyway, jeez, <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm lost. Lost in my own nonsense. All right, so once you got that stuff blocked in, the next stage is to establish all of the minor or the largest details that define each form. And if you've got a stack of boxes, let's say there are five of them, when you do an overall and you find the middle points and all of that, you're only getting the overall five-box combination. You don't have each of the individual boxes yet. And the same applies. You repeat the process. You find the middle point. You found the middle point now of five boxes horizontally and vertically. Now you have to find the middle point of the five boxes uh, individually. Right? As a group, you've been able to establish the overall. But then you need to find their individual characteristics. To a point, but again, this is a very large, big picture, large to small. So we're finding the middle point then of each of the boxes in order to find their uh, delineating areas, right? To distinguish with, with very simple marks where each box begins and ends. And depending on your viewing angle, this could be simple or very complex. You're probably seeing a corner. You, you may be seeing multiple sides of a box. Two at least. Unless you can see, unless you're a cubist and you might see three. I don't know. The four. Four sides at once. Maybe five. Or maybe you can see into 4D space. And you're seeing the time pass. And you're seeing the... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, important thing to remember is that you're still not getting hung up on details. So although these are more minute details than you were blocking in before, this time you're still individual box as if you're drawing it as if it was one detail. Again, like the silhouette of the individual box in the group. 
what would happen after you do a pace like that is you probably have a little bit more of a, of a structure here. You understand the big picture space that the, the, the group takes up, and then you'd understand the, each of the individual spaces that, that, that are taken up in the individual objects within the group. At this point, you have enough information to continue this drawing from imagination with some skill, as long as you're familiar with each individual object. I hope that makes sense. I want instructor called this the outer and the inner corners. I don't think that's very great language, but it is effective for explaining the point, which is there are these outer lines. These lines you're going to use to, def to define the outer edge, and these lines you're going to use to define the inner edges, which is to say if you're looking at a box uh, as a silhouette, it's a large rectangular uh, shape with some weird... Well, it's, it's what is that called in geometry? It's an irregular polygon. Yeah, it's a silhouette. Uh, within itself, uh, it's it's several, uh, what are those things called? They're, well, they're also irregular polygons if you draw it in 3D. But um, there are lines that define where, where the top of the box would be, for example, if you're looking at it from above, where the sides of the box would be. Uh, where the corner of the box that you're, that's facing you would be, for example. Those lines you put in begin to build what is known as form, three-dimensional form. Before that, it was a 2D shape. So the next pass you do, uh, after the silhouettes, after the outer boundaries of the grouping, the next pass you do actually starts to define the whole thing in three-dimensional space. And this is where... Depending on your level of skill, this particular exercise is, is, will look different for different people. I would say that if you're starting out, most important of all, and especially if you're looking at, at inorganic shapes made by, by human beings and there's any kind of straight lines in it at all, which is typical, that you start by just making straight marks, horizontally straight marks, vertically, and, and just get an, an overall general idea of what you're looking at using line okay this it's all very abstract at this point and this is what challenges people they want to go straight from a nothing to a, a, a rendered form and it don't work like that it's several layers of abstraction that it add up to a, a rendered form okay but this will be step two you know Step two in defining the form is getting the lines that define each individual shape within the overall, okay? Step three in that process. Um, well, traffic is bad, so I may get to this. Step three in that process <coughs> is defining the lighting situation. Light and shadow. And this is a very big topic, but, but, my goal would be to get someone able to capture as much information as they would need to draw without the reference. That's always my goal. Uh, all I really think is important for an artist to do, and this is after you become skilled, of course, you don't jump straight into this. All I think is important for an artist to do is be able to draw from observation enough to understand form enough in their mind to be able to flush out details later. 
Now, someone who's a purist who wants to only draw and paint from observation, which is one of my professors in college who I remember very well and I respect a whole lot, he would not imagine things. His whole philosophy is there's nothing more beautiful than depicting what's in life. And I think I've mentioned this before. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I really don't disagree with that. But he's not, it's not the only way to think about things. And it's not the kind of art I'm interested in making most. So, more important, I think, to embrace that philosophy and the other one that I'm trying to propose here, which is drawing from observation enough to establish a library in your mind to allow you to draw from imagination, or at least to embellish from observation. Embellishing is a start. And anybody, any artist who tells you they don't embellish is lying to your face. Because there ain't no way to translate something directly from real life into a two-dimensional object that you can hold in your hand and say, Oh, isn't that pretty? There's no such thing as, as a direct translation of that. Because our eyes don't work like that. Even a photograph. who We all, we all take a photograph to be journalistic and objective. It's not. It's not. It is as, well, not as subjective as an artist's uh, rendition, but it is subjective. And I'll tell you why. And there's only one thing you need to know. There are at least four different types of lens that are used commonly. At least four. Professional photographer will know all of this. And you choose the lens based on what you're looking at. That's an artistic choice. There ain't no objectivity in that. The lens depicts what you're looking at differently. The lens distorts. Even if it's a minor distortion, it's a choice that the artist photographer makes. Therefore, it ain't all that objective. Now, yeah, it's harder to fake, uh, you know, fantasy imagery with a photograph, straight from a camera maybe, not with Photoshop, but still, it's harder to fake it. However, you got to think about all the things I mentioned before, composition and the frame. The frame is editorial. I'm going to say that again. The frame is editorial. Even the fact that you're using a frame is editorial. There ain't nothing objective about that. It's a decision. What I show and don't show. You ever seen a, a, a video of a little kid crying? Like in a movie or something? His mom's probably off to the side. She's out of frame. She's there. But you want a video of a little kid crying. Uh, and you want to feel some empathy for the kid. Or sympathy for the kid. Uh, then you show just the kid crying alone. But maybe his mother's right there. Like right out of frame. Like if she put a pinky out, it'd be in the frame. You know what I mean? That's an editorial decision. That means that what you see is not reality. It's not. What you see is autistic interpretation. An editorial decision. That's what it means when you choose a lens. That's what it means when you cut, when you choose what to depict within the frame, within the boundaries of the frame. It's all editorial and it all is artistic intention. Uh, that means it's not objective. Okay. Why did I even start talking about that? <coughs> I can't remember. 
God dang it, I can't remember nothing anymore. Getting old, everybody. Look at that. Getting old. That's not fun. It's not fun. Ah, you know what old people say that, but I bet their memory weren't weren't ever that good. You know what I mean? Probably never. Okay. What am I talking about? Ah, you get the intercourse. Oh, the lighting situation, right? Was that what they were talking about? I wanted to get to lighting. Now that I burned up all my time talking about something that different topic altogether, what am I doing? Uh, lighting situation. Oh, I remember. I remember. You want to be able to capture as much information as you need to be able to finish your drawing at your leisure. Because you're never going to be in a situation where you can just sketch and sketch and sketch and stand there. Eventually, you're going to have to go to the bathroom or sit down or whatever. You stretch your arm or take a break. And as soon as you do that, you've lost that moment. So you need to be very good at choosing the kinds of things you need to capture in order to finish the drawing later or not finish it at all. Because sometimes a beautiful sketch that has all the information that you need to understand the forms is just as good as a finished rendering. I would argue probably all of the time, but that's that's subjective. The last thing you would have to capture in order to really understand form, because this is how our eyes work, is the lighting situation. Because our eyes don't see lines, So all the things I've just said that you need to do first, those are all abstractions of reality. Those are all, I mean, the whole thing is, yes. But those are all extreme abstractions. Those are all human uh, language. Making line is a human language thing. But value and lighting, that's not. That's, That's built into our eyes. That's how we see everything. That's why in the fog you can't see shit. Well, there's a lot of reasons. But the lighting gets diffused and you don't have a lot of contrast. It's really hard to see form in the distance. When the light is extreme, like at high noon or whatever, you can see a long way. You can see a lot of shadow. A lot of things that pop out in relief. It doesn't feel like a haze. It feels strong on a clear day when the lighting is harsh. You can feel it. It's emotional. It's like everything is here in my face. It's because of high contrast. Our eyes are really good at contrast, okay? So contrast is important. And the very first thing you capture in order to get contrast is the lighting situation, which is where's the direction of the light and where is my cast shadow? And they're related. They're related. The direction of the light will create shadow on a form. Depending on what the form is, it'll look different. But it's always the same concept. If you have strong lighting, this don't work if you have overall lighting. It becomes much more subtle and much more difficult. But I would recommend if you're doing a still life, you get a strong light source. That you make it, uh, and you try different things with it. The direction of the light corresponds directly to the direction of the shadow. They are in opposition to each other. If the light is coming from one direction, let's say top right, the shadow will be bottom left. That's just how it works. Light hits one edge, the other edge is in shadow. We all know this from the moon. Or at least what they tell us the moon is like. I don't know what it's like up there. It's probably a disc. Who knows? Anyway, nobody's going to tell me what the moon is. Whatever, then hold, then hold a fucking orange up over your face and put a light on it if you can't understand this with the moon, okay? If you're one of those. 
look at an orange. Why an orange? Because they're delicious. Uh, or an egg. I don't care. Something with light value is probably better than an orange. I'm sorry. Oranges are also shiny. That, that adds a whole thing. Get something matte like an egg and hold it up with a strong light source. You can see light hits one side, shadow on the other. If it's on a surface, you can see a cast shadow. Um, and that's it. That's all. You, and to establishing that in your, in your very rough drawing is a matter of finding way to shadow edges. And usually with a strong lighting situation and inorganic objects, even organic objects really, but if it has a strong edge or a clean edge somewhere, you're going to see a strong line. And even if you don't see a strong line, you'll see something that could be depicted with a line. That's your shadow edge, and you want to get that in. If you're working with a tool that allows you to do this quickly, marker or a vine charcoal, which I recommend, you can lay that shadow tone in real quick and real light. Get the whole thing. What you'll have on your paper at this point, at this phase of development, is an overall shape that represents the grouping of your subjects, your primary focus. You'll have the inner lines that define each individual shape within that large shape, and you'll have a lighting situation established. It's an, an area of light and shadow. That means if you've done it right, anybody who looks at that will know, oh, the lighting is, is from the top right, and therefore the shadow is on the top, the bottom left, and you can see that. Okay? That's how you get started. And from that point, you'll have a very, very nice rough sketch. If you can get that far. Now, if you go take a figure drawing session somewhere or a class, they're probably going to give you a couple of three-minute drills and say do gesture drawing. This is not for gesture drawing. Just being clear about that. This is going to take a little bit of time. So I don't know if it's even possible to do this uh, in a in a three-minute window unless you're looking at something very simple like a box. Definitely you could do it with a box or something simple like that or a small sphere or whatever, spherical shape. But this is best for a five to ten minute window. You can divide your time up so that you do boom, boom, boom. Out of shape, inner shapes, lighting situation. Right? Divide it into three. Wait, I'm sorry. I left out composition, but that one comes... You should be doing that at this point uh, from... Uh, you should be able to do that in your mind. What am I looking at? How do I want this to feel? Let me try this out in the corner. That looks pretty good. I'm, I'm going to go to the big drawing. Okay, getting my outer shapes. Okay, getting my inner shapes. Okay, uh, lighting situation. Right, blah, blah, blah. Light and shadow. I've, I've blocked that in, established it. Time is up. That's how it should work. Okay. I think I, I, think I ran that into the ground here. All right. I, I, uh, that's a good start. Okay, so uh, that's that. And this is Lenny Angela.